0: I think it's time to to step aside. Watch out, Kevin McCarthy. There's a new self-proclaimed MAGA Republican coming for your congressional seat. Kevin kind of represents everything that's wrong with our politics right now.
1: Um, He's just a guy who's been there for decades. He was the leader, but he hasn't
0: accomplished anything. That's David Gillio, a small business owner who is running for Congress in California's 20th district.
1: I think this fight represents kind of a David versus Goliath battle. Kevin puts on a face. He's he's a good—he's the trait— textbook politician but i believe that what president trump talks about people appreciate they never heard a republican talk like that before either you know like bringing jobs back to america helping american workers helping the average guy but the policies are the most important thing And, and i think that that's what my campaign is all about to me america first MAGA, none of that is extreme all I care about is making sure that life is better for the average American. I was a teacher, I'm a small business owner, I want to make your life better. And and I think that a lot of President Trump's policies were focused on that.
0: Before entering politics, what was Gillio up to? Well, he grew up in Connecticut and ended up graduating from the University of Scranton with a degree in history and political science. Went to Albany Law School, but dropped out after a semester because he says his heart just wasn't in it. Then he got his master's in teaching and became a high school history teacher. Eventually, he moved to California and created an online business buying and selling sports cards and memorabilia. For anyone wondering with this background, what makes him qualified to serve in Congress? Here's his answer.
1: I don't necessarily think anybody, there's really an easy way to say who's who's qualified, who isn't for office. Just having political experience doesn't make somebody uh, qualified for office and not ever having political experience doesn't make someone qualified for office. I was a teacher, I'm a business owner, I studied politics, I studied history. I think I got a pretty good uh, qualification. His first congressional...
2: Firing Kevin McCarthy for speaker was just not enough, folks. Welcome back to Whistleblower Wednesday here on the Rob Manish Show Live at the Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth, whether you like it or not. And welcome to our X-Spaces Simulcast live audience. We appreciate you guys. Look forward to engaging with you. Well, fired speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, continues to stick to his Chinese Communist Party-linked donor, Sequoia Capital and others try to influence members to vote against the American people, such as the recent Majorcus impeachment vote failure. And now he's even physically assaulting a colleague who helped oust him as the speaker. Well, many America First voters say it's time for him to be primaried and removed from Congress in general because of his apparent focus on America last. Well, big news, as you just heard, he now has an America First opponent. David Gilio is that opponent, and he's our guest today. David, welcome to the Rob Mano Show, sir.
1: Rob, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here, and you're exactly right. It is time for Kevin to uh, move on and hang out with Frank Luntz and do a speaking tour because uh, we've had enough. And I'm 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 watching my kidneys right now because I'm worried I might be getting hit soon. So,
2: <laughs> well, I didn't even bring up Luntz. I forgot all about it. That he's the oh, Rudy. Uh, to remember that, guys, and I know that people in my audience just love Franklin. <laughs> but uh, oh, I'm sure everyone is a big friend. This, uh, I've been looking forward to this all week, David, because and I put you on Whistleblower Wednesday because you literally are blowing the whistle on this whole deal with this guy. Uh, and uh, you know, usually I start out a candidate interview with uh, why are you running for office, but I wanted to show that clip. But that pretty much says it all right there. But How about your path to victory? What do you see as your path to victory to beat McCarthy and get him out of Congress? Well,
1: well, Rob, you're in California with me here, and you, I think, know the power of Kevin McCarthy and the fact that so many people have never wanted to speak up against him. And it's kind of the unwritten rule that I've broken here, that I've tried to blow the whistle on what's going on with the California Republican Party and what Kevin McCarthy truly is like. Our path to beating Kevin McCarthy is really, in my mind, quite simple. Everybody wants to focus on all this money that Kevin has. Sure, that's true, that's great. Kevin has a lot of money, but Kevin also has decades of failure in Washington. He hasn't delivered anything for the people of the Central Valley uh, and or for the American people. All he's done is make promises and fail to deliver on them. So there's nothing Kevin can promise to voters that he hasn't already failed to deliver on. Our path to victory is we just gotta raise enough money so that when everybody gets their ballot in March, they know who we are, what we're about, and they're going to check. We're confident they're going to check our box because we've pulled this district and and we've pulled this whole area. He's one of the most unpopular people out there. The people with the money might like him, but the people that cast the majority of the ballots don't. So uh, we just got to raise enough so people know who we are.
2: So are you going to take advantage of the uh, the ability to ballot harvest and all, all of the crazy uh, early voting tactics and techniques that the commies that run California have approved oh. lately? Uh, tell me, you've got a really good, plan, solid plan to outdo. Oh yeah,
1: conference. I mean, we. You mean that was a focus of my last uh, effort? You know, we unfortunately, Kevin uh, decided he wanted to spend a, a, a million bucks to uh, make sure I didn't make it through that primary to to elect a guy. Quite frankly, who's basically voting as a Democrat. So I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, we're focused on getting the ballots in. I've always pushed people to vote. Uh, last time we made an effort to make sure we were texting people, to contacting people, door to door, or something. Uh, that I like to focus on. I always like the grassroots in general anyway, because the closer you are to people, uh, the more likely they are to, do, to really want to go out and support you and vote for you. So I do believe in getting ballots in as soon as possible, banking those votes, making sure we are pushing people to do it. Because you, like you said, it's California. And quite frankly, uh, Kevin runs the machine up here. So we got to be Kevin's machine. Everybody wants to talk about Gavin and, and uh, you know the Democrats machine. But in this area, it's Kevin's machine. So I'm up against one of the most, it is California, but he's one of the most powerful people in this state. And um, we're prepared to beat it and take it head on. And, and I'm I embracing it. I'd love, to, I want Kevin Wright one on one so I can, we can talk to his face and put him on record and make him defend himself.
2: Absolutely. Well, David, aside from being a really crappy speaker of the House, uh, tell the audience and the folks that are probably voters in that district that are, that may be listening right now. What are Kevin's big problems uh, and failures for his actual constituents in his district?
1: Well, the first thing I'm going to go right to is water. And uh, they've always loved to hit me on the fact that I was a teacher and uh, that I, you know, I'm a small business owner and I'm not from an ag background, but I have studied this water issue with the agriculture industry, environmentalists, and I'm the only one to date that still has a plan that is not just a a short-term, you know, Band-Aid fix. My plan is a long-term, comprehensive plan to solve the issue. You know, Kevin has talked about water for decades. We have the biggest California Republican delegation in the House in over two decades right now. And they did not even, when Kevin was speaker, they didn't even make water any type of priority. And to me, it's a national security issue. It's of the utmost importance. This is our food supply. So that's number one that Kevin hasn't delivered on. I'm also going to say securing the border. You know, Kevin wants to say he passed HR 2. By the way, the guy he uh, propped up to defeat me in the uh, last primary voted against HR 2. Was only was one of only two Republicans who voted against securing the border. But Kevin wants to talk about how he passed that bill. He knew it was going to die in the Senate. Why didn't he attach that bill to his CR? Why didn't he attach that bill to the debt ceiling deal? This is the kind of stuff that's a failure because if he really wanted to deliver on border security, he would have done that because that's something Nancy Pelosi would have done to get something that she wanted passed and Kevin didn't do that. And that is a very important issue in California. We are right on the heart of the border issue. Uh, We have a huge homelessness problem in this state. And and quite frankly, he's failed in that regard. And uh, the weaponization of government, I mean, quite frankly, that is one of the biggest issues facing our nation today. The fact that our government has now decided that if you speak out against the current regime or those who call the shot, that you are a threat, and that you are basically going to be watched, you are going to be looked over. And in, in many cases, as you saw with the video last week of the guy in Virginia, you're gonna be rounded up and basically put in solitary confinement. And Kevin's done nothing to stop that. He'll sit there and say, Well, I have a weaponization committee and I did all this. He slow walked everything. Christopher Ray is still in power. Merrick Garland, I don't know what that guy's got to do to get impeached because he's lied to Congress over and over again. He's never been held accountable. Um, And and so these are the kind of failures that we can't afford anymore. We don't have much time left. So um, those are three big issues in this part of California. And election integrity, another thing Republicans don't talk about. Everyone in California, especially conservatives, are concerned with election integrity. Kevin doesn't even talk about that issue. Why not? Stuff we have to solve. Voter ID is supported by 80% of American voters, Democrat, Republican, independent alike. Everybody wants it. Let's get it done, and let's force states to do it by threatening to withhold funding.
2: Yeah, exactly right. Well, uh, we do have a live audience, uh, and we give them an opportunity to ask one question per segment. Uh, so I want to go over it. to our hosts uh, over in the X-Spaces Live and uh, see if we can get take a question. Go ahead, Kat or Shell, whoever's got the controls over there. Uh, who do we got? I know there's some Patrick. hands up.
0: We got Patrick for you. Go ahead, Patrick. Colonel, thank you for the mic. And David, I appreciate you joining us and speaking with us. I had a quick question because California right now is on the national stage because San Francisco is basically falling apart. And then overnight, it was absolutely cleaned up and it's turned beautiful. And so I'm just curious, as an America First candidate, do you have any thoughts on how the residents of California are basically being treated as a lower priority?
1: Well, I think it's a disgrace in general because you're talking about the fact that they're out there cleaning up the streets for the head of the CCP, uh, a party that is responsible for more deaths uh, in human history than, than Hitler and Stalin. And I think it's an absolute disgrace that we are waving their flags and celebrating their leader on the streets of an American city. So I think the Californians are pissed. I mean, they have a right to be. I'm angry, but everyone in America should be angry. This is not something that should be happening. America first. Make the lives of the American people better. It's something that I think too many in Washington have forgotten because quite frankly, they're too busy worried about where their next check's coming from and what kind of gig they're gonna take when they leave Washington.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it made me think about the 26,000 known Chinese communist military age males that have come in through the Southern border. Yeah. You're uh, right. That Kevin's been helping keep open like you said, you know. They must have all gone to San Francisco so they could put those red Chinese uh, communist flags I, I, up uh, all along the streets and take the US flags down.
1: You know, and it's crazy cuz those are the same people that when President Trump went to North Korea to God forbid, try to work peace in the region, they were criticizing him for meeting with Kim Jong Un, and here they are flying the flag of the Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party on our streets. It's so it's just out of control i mean it's like we live in the twilight zone sometimes but you're exactly right uh i mean yeah
2: yeah and you and you said kevin uh was uh very powerful in california uh and i mentioned sequoia capital in my opening david i know you know who they are and uh, probably uh, uh, yeah a lot of my audience knows who they are but uh, but just talk about his ties to the chinese communist party through Companies like Sequoia Capital and how he leverages that to uh, to raise millions of dollars, and which may be an indicator as to why he's captured by the Chinese Communist Party, along with a lot of other Republican and Democrat career politicians in Washington.
1: Well, this is a very important thing that you just brought out that people, because people, a lot of people are, you know, Kevin's groupies and his his paid. puffers out there in social media and in the media. We're saying, oh, we're going to get rid of the Republican Party's best fundraiser ever. Kevin's money really to me means nothing because all the money that Kevin gets, look at it, comes from Sequoia Capital, a company that is backed by the Chinese Communist Party. That money is given to Kevin so that he stops the things from happening, the America First reform from happening. It's blood money. It's money to prevent him from electing Republicans that are going to support President Trump and his America First movement and to stop that type of legislation in congress. So with Sequoia Capital, I mean Kevin is knee deep in that. His right-hand man, you know, he his, the man who is running the managing partner of Sequoia Capital is one of Kevin's biggest fundraisers, okay? And Sequoia gets most of their money from the Chinese Communist Party backing. And when Kevin became speaker, he used he shut down an investigation into Sequoia Capital because he didn't want it to come out with his pies and he also a lot of people don't know, FDX was funded by Sequoia Capital, where Kevin was also taking uh, you know, millions of dollars from. So everything Kevin's bringing in, the money is all good and well, it looks great on paper, but you have to say, well, why is this guy raising so much money? Why is he raising more than any Republican in history? Maybe it's because he's taking money from people who don't like Republicans and don't like America First, And they're giving it to him to make sure that those reforms don't happen. So to me, you know, this whole thing about how much money Kevin raises is blown out of proportion because we saw what he did with it in the midterms. He used that money to sabotage candidates that the man he supposedly uh, supports, President Trump, was putting forward. So, you know, right there, a man he owes everything to. Donald Trump is the only reason Kevin McCarthy was able to become minority leader and eventually speaker. And here he is sabotaging him behind the scenes. So, you know, Everything with Kevin is dirty
2: and, and the money is dirty. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, and uh, David, I gotta, I gotta do an ad read here real quick, but stay right there. We're gonna continue this conversation. And, uh, and when I come back, we'll hear from the new speaker about a subject that you haven't heard anything from Kevin McCarthy about yet. Well, listen up folks, Bidenomics is not working, the US dollar is losing value and your hard-earned savings are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Well, welcome back to the Rob Beta Show. We're live here at the Red Voice Media Network, bringing you the facts and the truth. And it's Whistleblower Wednesday. And we got a great whistleblower today. It's a candidate that's running for Congress to boot Kevin McCarthy out of the Congress. It wasn't enough just to fire him, but it was, we got to fire him from Congress too, uh, as you've been listening to the show. Well, David uh, Gilio is our guest today. He is that candidate. That America first candidate with experience in campaigns now, especially with the voting system out there in the primary that Kevin controls, uh, that network, uh, and uh, the money that comes in on his side uh, that's not going to come to you, David. But you don't need as much money. You just need enough uh, as these establishment guys. Well, let's see. Clip two disco, so we can see what the new speaker is talking about that Kevin never did and he should have already. President Biden, he might, he it looks like the candidate in, in 2024. When you were uh, a name speaker, a lot of people said, Oh, Trump ally, Trump, big Trump guy, big Trump ally. But uh, you, you, as far as I know, you have not endorsed the former president yet uh, for 2024. And this is Everybody's watching this show right now. This, if you're going to do that, this would be a great great time to do it, uh, Mr. Speaker. Are you ready? I, ha- I have done it. it yeah, I, I have. I have endorsed him wholeheartedly. Um, look, I was uh, one of the closest allies that President Trump had in Congress. He had a phenomenal first term. Those first two years, as you all know, we brought about the greatest economic numbers in the history of the world, not just the country, because his policies worked. And I'm, I'm all in for President Trump. I, okay, I, know, good. I right. expect he'll be our nominee. Yeah. And, and he's cl- going to win it. And we have to make Biden a one-term president. We have to do that. Well, David, I just wanted to get that out there, that Kevin McCarthy, and you mentioned all the support he has from President Trump, has never said that he endorses Donald Trump well, let, for president in 2024, has
1: he? No, and let me tell you a little secret about that. So I don't know if anybody followed, but me and Laura Loomer, um, you know, we we posted a story about how Kevin... You know, I know Kevin McCarthy. I know the people that work for Kevin McCarthy. I know how Jessica Patterson thinks. They despise President Trump. They want to rid the party of Trumpism, of populism, of America first. Those words make them angry. And uh, Kevin has been funneling his donors to Ron DeSantis over the last year and a half. And I sh- believe, and I'm willing to say this, that if Ron had not sunk so low in the polls and now be in fourth or fifth uh, in some states, that Kevin would have probably backed him at some point because I've made calls to these donors and a lot of them, you know, they tell me that, you know, you can imagine what they say. These are Kevin's donors. But what I found interesting is that some of them were flat admitted that they're Ron DeSantis guys. So that's very interesting. So Kevin has never really been an ally of President Trump. Kevin has always wanted power. And Kevin recognized, you know, a lot of people don't remember that he was rejected by his own party to become speaker in 2016 when Trump carried the GOP into power. The geo, the, his fellow House members said, no, we don't want you. So Kevin realized, if I ever want the power that I really want, I want full power, and he wanted to run for president one day, I gotta attach myself to Trump and get, you know, ride his coattails to the top. It was never because he agreed with President Trump, it's never because he believed in America first. His voting record is America last. So he's not a Trump supporter despite what he says. You know, you could talk, 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 but your actions are where the truth lies. And I'll never shy away from President Trump. One of the reasons I'm running is because I don't want a repeat of 2016. When President Trump wins next year, I want a Republican Congress and Senate behind him that isn't going to sabotage him. That's going to allow him to dismantle the deep state and to hold people accountable. Because for once in our lives, we have to start holding these dirty, uh, corrupt people in D.C. accountable. We cannot let them off the hook. And so I endorse President Trump for 2024. I'll endorse him for anything. Uh, I think he's been the best president we've ever had, like Mike Johnson said. I mean, you'd be a fool not to think um, that times were better. I'm a small business owner, and I'll tell you, I, I'm in the retail industry. These have been the slowest three months that I have had since I opened my store two and a half years ago because people are struggling right now. And when I knocked on, I knocked on thousands of doors myself last campaign, um, and that was the common theme. People are just tired. They're they're struggling to make ends meet. And I feel, I feel that I owed it to those people to, to run this race. And people want to ask, well, why didn't you run in the same district you ran against last time? Why did you pick Kevin's district? You just want a strong red seat. That's not what this is about. I want to show the American people that there, there are some of us willing to step up and take on the biggest dog in the fight. And I want to send a message to Washington when we beat Kevin that we've had enough. You know, the average American who you've been putting on the back burner has had enough. And we're going to kick out your favorite son who uh, has done nothing for us. And and so this is a very symbolic battle. I say my name's the one going on the ballot, but I just represent everyone uh, that, that is fed up.
2: I always find it interesting in the cold open video. You had to address the qualification question. Well, what makes yeah. you qualified? You know, I've been the, I've been that uh, grassroots candidate before, yeah. big dogs myself. But that's the biggest one that I, I always scratch my head when I hear that because there's only a few qualifications for any of these federal offices, uh, and they're right there in the Constitution. You don't have to ask me about it. Uh, the, the government is designed to be run by us, not some career yep. politician people or big-dollar corporate people or millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, some of them should be in there, but and it should be a cross-section of the American people is is who represents us in Congress, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, and and, you know, you're exactly right. And actually, that's what the framers thought. I mean, that's what the House was supposed to be. The House was supposed to be, hey, the common man gets in there and represents uh, the common person. The Senate was supposed to be more of the elitist chamber. That's why originally it was an appointed position. But, you know, when people ask me that, I kind of chuckle because what they're really saying is, well, you've never been elected for anything, so how are you qualified? Well, I could name a litany of people who have been in Congress or in Washington or in politics for decades or their whole lives, and they're not qualified, in my opinion, because they've done more harm than good. So, you know— I'm qualified because listen, I'm a small business owner. I've done more than a million dollars in revenue. I've been a teacher in schools. I've studied this stuff. You know, I'm qualified because the constitution says I'm qualified. And quite frankly, I, I'd like to challenge what makes Kevin qualified. What did he do before he came in Congress? You know, he'll tell his little stories about what he was doing and this and that. But quite frankly, what's what what's his qualification?
2: That's a great question. Uh, I'd be interested to know yes. that. As far as I know, he's been a lifelong politician. at, uh, at Exactly. Time, up to the federal level. Uh, and that's not what our country's uh, uh, philosophy has ever been, or nor what our governments are supposed to be designed to do. Well, we've got hands up over in the Spaces audience, so uh, let's go over to Kat and Shell uh, and take a question. Well,
0: I'm going to um, use privilege and let the co-host, Shell, go ahead. Okay, so this is the question I have. I was raised in the Clovis Fresno area, and mm-hmm. I'm very well familiar with the McCarthy machine. Uh, what do you think it's going to
1: take to beat his machine? I mean, you're looking at something that you know I'm, the
0: Central Valley is huge, and I just don't I don't see it happening. To be honest with you, not to be discouraging, but I mean, it, it's it's pretty crooked. The
1: money, all of it. it it's
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's going to be quite the challenge show. No, and that is a fair question and I'll tell you this. I can tell you how we're going to beat it like I said. I don't believe we need to match him dollar for dollar. I need grassroots support. I need anyone who's willing to donate 5, 10, hundred thousand dollars, Every dollar counts so we can get our message out there. And uh, I as long as we can present who we are to the people and we get people supporting us, I do believe we can beat him. Kevin is not popular. It's just a matter of, you know, standing tall and, and fighting. And you know, we're looking to get some big support. You know, there might be some surprise people in the next few days. We were in talks with a couple of people that I think are going to surprise some people with the support we're going to get. And quite frankly, I'll make a plea to President Trump because I've done this on numerous shows. I I pray and I hope that President Trump looks at this race even if Kevin doesn't retire and chooses to endorse me because he'll never have to question where my loyalties lie. And I think that a district like this, this is as deep red a seat as there ever is. Despite being in California, this seat would be considered a deep red seat in a in a Republican state. Um, so this seat deserves a disruptor and somebody who wants to go in there and fight alongside President Trump and drain the status quo. I'll make my plea to him and say I, I want, I'd love to sit with you and I I think you should back me in this race. And so, um, but yeah, I I think this is I think people be surprised. You know, Kevin has never really been challenged. Like I said. There's nothing he can run up. You know, he's got his machine. He's got all this. But what is he going to promise to people? He's in a lot of new areas, too. You know, this is a new seat for him. This seat, you know, he's never come up to as Fresno area. Yeah, everybody knows who he is, but he's never represented these people either before. Uh, this was Devin Nunes' his old district, mostly. It, it's a very wide, sprawling district. We just have to ground and pound. So if you're out there and you're in this area, I would love for you to go to my website, com, volunteer, donate, do whatever you can, spread the word. That's how we're going to beat him.
2: Yeah, oh, well, and you just mentioned an opening and, uh, you know, a, a crack in his machine because his machine was probably based on the old district outline on the Republican yeah. side. Uh, so he's, he's not going to have controlled... Uh, uh, all of these folks that get out to vote, that invite you to meetings and those kind of things to help you get the word out uh, in this district. So uh, take advantage of that, that little opening there, man. Uh, yeah. and start pushing your people into those areas uh, and recruiting other folks. And, and, you know, my advice would be to go after his people that have always been behind him and ask him, look him in the eye and say, look, are you really going to support this guy that always lies to you and never gets anything done for you? Uh, you, know, you know, because that's the bottom line.
1: No, and unfortunately, you know, one of the things I'd like to do in Congress is is campaign finance reform, because unfortunately, a lot of these people, they're, they're more about buying the access. So a lot of his big money donors, it's not so much that they really believe in anything or they really care about America first or this or that. They just wanted, when Kevin was speaker, to be able to have a phone call and get something. So um, you know we need to return politics back to the people. So I see Matt Gates talking about banning PACs. Even Ro Khanna, who's a Democrat from California, he's far left, but he's on the right track here. We need to take big money out of politics and make races about uh, the local people. Make your elected leaders have to campaign in their districts, have to mingle with the people they represent. I mean, when's the last time Kevin's walked around anywhere in Bakersfield? I mean, he's not going and knocking on those doors, and uh, so. I think you're right. There's a huge opportunity here. And, and, you know, I think people that have been with Kevin for a long time, you know, a lot of them are in the agriculture industry. How much longer do you have to wait on broken promises, right? How much longer do you have with somebody telling you, oh, we're going to get water. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You don't have much longer because I've talked to some of these farmers, The, the small, the middle farmers, they're barely getting by. I was just on the phone with one of my farming friends uh, in Merced, that helped me a lot in the last campaign, and he's you know he's about to throw his hands up and sell his land. So there isn't much more time to to, to stick with the status quo.
2: Oh, you're absolutely right, man. Before we go to the second break here, uh, what is your plan uh, on the boor- for the border issues? You know, the border issues are huge in California, in part because of what you just talked about the farming community uh, and, and as it relates to manpower to legal manpower, not not illegals coming in. Uh, so well, well, listen, what, what's your approach right. to the border security going to be to stop this massive influx that's got to be hurting the people that are there legally that work those jobs?
1: Yeah, and obviously it's contributing to crime. Crime is a big issue in California. My store has been open two and a half years. I'm in Clovis, which everybody would think is a great place to have a store. I've been broken into three times. So my thing with the border, number one, we gotta finish the wall. I mean, the stats show where the wall was built, um, illegal crossings are down. We need to put more manpower, we need to stop talking about defunding border patrol and defunding ICE, we need to give them more manpower, give them support, not even just money, give them support, you have President Biden and a lot of these Democrats talking about ICE and, and border patrol like they're basically evil people. We should not be doing that. These people are protecting our country. They'll so finish the wall. I think we need to stop immigration right now altogether until we can clear the backlog and figure out who's in the country and what's going on. And when people talk about the ag industry, you know, uh, my former opponent, John Duarte, he when he voted against uh, HR2, he had a knock on E-Verify because he was all about, oh, I mean, basically he said he needed cheap labor for his, his nursery. And uh, so he wanted to exploit people for his mercy, But um, E-Verify actually isn't going to affect those seasonal workers. You know, they're still allowed to come in. So I want to dispel that rumor. E-Verify is not going to stop that. So that is an excuse by people who just don't want to solve this problem. So, you know, step one, Finish the wall. Step two: Give the support we need to Border Patrol. This, um, and even if we need to send some National Guard troops down there, let's do that. Federalize the National Guard, send them down there to clean house right now. Obviously, we need to break the backs of the cartels, like President Trump's been talking about. But we need to put a pause in everything right now until we can get it under control, clear out the backlogs, and set up on a system that we know what's going on. Because you wouldn't leave your door unlocked in the middle of the night, right? I mean, that's basically what we're doing with our with our border right now. And it's unsustainable. I mean, look at Europe right now. I mean, Europe is having a mess. They've been welcoming refugees um, for decades, and they've basically taken over Europe. And, and they're not friendly to Western ideals. And so we have to decide. I mean, do we want to be a country where there's Chinese communist flags being paraded around in the streets? Do we want to be that type of country? I don't think we do.
2: I think you're right. Uh, we don't want to be that kind of country. And even the immigrants that are here legally don't want to be that kind of country. We've well, no, we got to take another yeah. break. When yeah, we come we'll back, we'll hear some more about Sequoia Capital a little bit uh, and its Chinese uh, linkages and talk some more about David's plan to solve the border security issue from a California perspective. I'm Rob Manis, and we'll be right back.
3: I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original my slippers you save $90 a pair with your promo code and now my slippers come in even more sizes smaller sizes larger sizes wide sizes and all new styles and colors get them for your friends your family your neighbors everyone you know what makes my slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you're not gonna find in any other slippers My slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are gonna love my slippers, that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. Making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now.
0: know the point of these things. And they're doing it on networks that no Republicans actually watch. They're doing it with hosts that are, in, in no world, conservatives. And they have a bunch of people on stage that are irrelevant. So I don't—I have no idea what the purpose of these things are, other than, I guess, some folks are going well, to t- off them. talk
3: purpose. I want to get to Sequoia Capital quickly, McCarthy, Johnson's speakership, uh, why there are no investigations, why McCarthy was so tied to a big tech, and so you see the specter of McCarthy's guys all over Capitol Hill.
0: Well, you do, but I, I mean, we're 10 days out from the McCarthy speakership. I think things are going very well. I know that we're trying to hold Johnson's feet to the fire a little bit, but I do think this is a very freeing time in the Conservative Party. We had a huge win there, but I just loved all this, you know, smack down from the press and from Republican establishment saying, oh my gosh, but Johnson can't raise money, so what are you going to do? And I kept telling people, guys, McCarthy had $200 million in IOUs. That was that money that he raised. It was IOUs to different companies, and we saw that better else with Sequoia Capital. Sequoia Capital given— well over a million, and I would. argue, Neil Shen is who's the you know the, the CEO of Sequoia Capital. He is who, CCP. He is who allowed and orchestrated the infiltration of the CP, CCP into Silicon Valley. He's also best friends with Steve Schwarzman, which is an interesting dynamic to all of this. And a lot, all of these lobbying, all of this money is tied. And you know who is not tied to it is Mike Johnson because I've never heard of him, and they're all in a fluster trying to figure out how to get in touch with him or his team. And meanwhile, he is shedding staff, he's adding rock stars like Ross Shaw. I loved that. That was yep. a great addition there too um so you know i'm very excited i think this is a great time what is this audience
2: welcome back to the rob manis show where we're talking about exactly that california uh and the speakership and kevin mccarthy and how he needs to not only be fired from the speakership but from his job in congress altogether Uh, and by the way folks uh, you saw that my pillow commercial you can use promo code if you go buy stuff from Mike Lindell, and he's a great patriot, we'd like to support him around here. So you can use promo code Manis to get a discount on everything you purchase over there. Uh, we're talking with David Gilio today. He's the candidate that's, uh, that's buying to take down Kevin McCarthy and end that little uh, fiefdom that he's go- got mm. going on out there in California. Uh, and uh, complete the removal of this guy and his uh, communist Chinese party counterparts and linkages that Steve Bannon in that clip there just pointed out that he's CCP. That's Neil Shen, the head of Sequoia Capital. Uh, You know, and and David, we mentioned uh, the uh, I mentioned the 26,000 military age Chinese males uh, that have come through the southern border since Joe Biden uh, has uh, come into office. You
1: mentioned in Canada, too.
2: Yeah, Yeah. in Canada, too. That's right. Uh, and a lot of them are going to California. Uh, when you look at the interviews that the, the brave men and women that go down to the Darien Gap and South of the border and interview these folks on the Pan American highway, uh, route that comes up through there, a lot of them say, the Chinese folks say they're going to somewhere in California, uh, quite often San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, or San Diego is, are the three main locations that I've heard anecdotally. Uh, but, uh, But that's a problem. It's a national security problem in addition to the agriculture problem, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, like I said, you're not going to leave your door unlocked in the middle of the night and just let anyone come into your house. And clearly the Chinese, you know, they're up to no good. I mean, anybody, you'd be a fool to believe that China really has any intention of wanting to work with the United States. We have fundamentally different countries based on fundamentally different principles. That country is one of the most murderous regimes in human history. They're all about control. They have no interest in democracy and freedom of anything. So they are totally at odds with our way of life. And if you think that they're taking over the boards of our corporations, buying up our farmland because they want to be America, no, they want to take our dollars, they want to take our debt, and then they want to use it against us. And what better way than to send people across the border? I mean, communism and this philosophy in general has always been built on, it's not Uh, so they don't shoot their way out in front. It's built on taking over from the inside, right? So, I mean, one of the things they've done, I was a teacher in the schools. I mean, listen, we have activists that are teachers. I personally never believed in that. I didn't become a teacher because I wanted to raise activists. I became a teacher because I wanted a kid to be, when mm-hmm. you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, say, man, Mr. Giglio back in school pushed me and got me here. Unfortunately, a lot of our teachers don't feel that way. It started in education. It's branching into our corporations. It's not just Sequoia Capital. Many of our biggest companies and corporations, the boards have been taken over by Chinese companies, uh, by Chinese uh, nationals. That's why they're pushing all this woke agenda shit stuff, because it's meant to divide. So um, th- this is a problem. And Kevin is a guy who's taking money from these people, and then he's going to go and tell you, I'm going to fight big tech. I'm going to do that. Really, you're going to fight big tech when they're giving you tens of millions of dollars? The, the big tech was one of his biggest funders. Silicon Valley is Kevin's biggest funder. Then you have the, then you go into the pharmaceutical company. I mean, Kevin said he was going to hold fires and all of them accountable. Well, go look at his donor list. All comes from them, too. So, you know, yeah. this is a huge problem. And Carolyn Wren was exactly right. The money that Kevin yeah. takes in is money that says it's a quid pro quo. I'm going to give you this money. You cannot allow America first Republicans to get elected. And you have to stop these kind of policies that are going to curb our influence and cut off connection with China.
2: Yeah, exactly right. And on the national security, uh, thread, David, uh, now we all know that Kevin, like many of the uniparty Republicans and Democrats inside the Beltway, he he's not met a war that he doesn't like and doesn't want to fund. Uh, so uh, and he takes a lot from the uh, military-industrial complex corporations as far as donations goes and those kind of things. That's one of the things outside of the uh, Chinese connection that gives him that oh he can raise so much money factors and those kind of things. What is your approach to? uh national defense uh from your america first perspective that you're going to fight to for once you get into the congress
1: well listen i'm all about defending your country but i'm not about offensively defending your country what i think is what's going on here and quite frankly when the economy really started to go south under president biden one of the first things i started saying is watch they're going to try and get a war because you know that a war is one of the easy one it's a big money maker for all these corporations and stuff but it's also a good way to erase economic damage that you've done as politicians because it amps up because your, your economy has to go into wartime mode. You know, A lot of people want to say the New Deal is what stopped the Great Depression. The New Deal was a total disaster until World War II broke out and we had to go into a booming wartime economy. So I knew that this was going to happen. We have so many problems abroad. And then you look at these fights we're funding, right? In the Middle East right now, we are funding both sides of this Israeli-Palestine conflict. And yesterday, Joe Biden just gave 10 million, authorized 10 million more for Iran. So we're funding both sides of a conflict. And then we're crying about the conflict breaking out. It's really ridiculous. And this is money we need to invest in America. Our roads, our bridges around this country are crumbling. That's a national security concern. We have to invest in infrastructure. President Trump wanted to do that. Unfortunately, Republicans stopped him during his first two years with infrastructure. If you go back and you listen to his speeches in 2016, infrastructure was a huge part of his platform. And then Republicans basically told him, "Nah, we don't want to spend the money on that. They won't spend the money on fixing your roads and bridges, but they'll spend the money giving it to Ukraine and, and, and Israel. My position on national security is we can spend on the military, but we got to cut off this foreign aid stuff and all this stuff. No country can survive on that. And the founders really knew that. They understood that. They never intended for America to become an empire because they knew that empires eventually uh, spread themselves too thin. So I'm all for defending our people, but a lot of our defending our people starts with fixing the problems at home, right?
2: Absolutely. So what are your thoughts on uh, how to defend the southern border and the northern border where we have problems, uh, but primarily our our biggest security threats at the uh, southern border right now with the cartels and those kind of things? We can use the U.S. Armed Forces and the National Guard and Reserves uh, to address those problems, can't we? Well, yeah,
1: you know, and obviously you have a Governor Gavin Newsom here in California that is this ra- I mean, he's basically a communist. I mean, he looked like he, him and G were, he were uh, best friends there <laughs> yesterday. Um, so you have a guy who doesn't want to do it. He has no interest in that because the Democrats are looking at people as voters, right? They eventually, their goal is just to basically have everybody vote and, you know, blood ballots. But, you know, what we can do is guess what? Republicans were given by the American people, in my opinion, the most powerful branch of all, because it controls the power of the person. So when you have a state run by someone like Gavin Newsom, who's unwilling to do this type of stuff, you basically say, listen, we're not going to give you money. Okay, We're going to cut off federal funds to the state of California until you help secure the border. And if we have a, a President Trump in the White House or a, uh, a Republican in the White House, you can nationalize those guard troops and send them down to the border and utilize them to help secure it. So obviously their job would be a lot easier if we had a wall finished. I still believe that the wall, you know, I hate when Republicans just talk about Securing the border, and they spread around the wall issue because they don't yeah. want to talk about the wall issue. They say securing the border, but it's such an ambiguous term to me. My opponent in the campaign last time, who I said that Kevin supported in CA thirteen, John Duarte, ran on securing the border, and he's mm. sponsoring an amnesty bill right now, and he voted against border control. So it, it's a kind of a buzzword, and I, I want to give you specific cut off federal funding. You know, the power of the purse is so is so important in our government. Nothing happens without funding, and Nancy Pelosi. I can't stand Nancy Pelosi, but man, when she wanted to get something done, she she, she forced the longest government shutdown in history. And Republicans were the ones who said to President Trump, listen, we're getting too much heat. You got to give her what she wants because we're getting too much heat. We can't be worried about if the media is going to write a bad story about us because the debt, you know, you want to talk about science and data. The data overwhelmingly shows the American people want the border closed. Even like you said earlier, which was very important, immigrants who came here legally specifically for Mexico, are the strongest proponents yeah. of securing and closing the border. So people sure. are going to be on your side. You, you can't look at the data and just say, oh, well, I don't really believe it, because it, it happens over and over again. Embrace the data. Go yeah. with it. Give the people what they want, and you'll be rewarded at the ballot box. That's the biggest mistake Republicans make. They don't keep yeah. their promises. They get kicked out, and then they blame someone else. You didn't get kicked out because of Trump. You got kicked out in 2018 because you sabotaged President Trump for the first few years of his presidency.
2: That's right. That's why they don't want to talk about the wall because they wouldn't fund it for the man. Exactly. Well, yeah, we, didn't $5 <laughs> yeah. we, we didn't have $5 billion. We didn't have $5 billion. Quick, before we go to the break, and, uh, uh, because uh, uh, they've got some thoughts on this too, I'm sure. Go ahead, Kat.
0: Go ahead, Natalia.
4: Thanks
1: for being patient. Am I the only one that can't? Yeah, now we can. Okay. So it is like really touching to me because uh, I just became a citizen this year. So I've been hopping on
4: these spaces to learn a, lo- a lot. Mm-hmm. So I was thankful to be invited to listen to this
1: this space. I just
4: want to throw that out there if you guys know anything that i could do
1: to learn more to engage more to be part of something great let me know well well, yeah i mean well first i want to say you know thank you for doing it the right way and congratulations on becoming a citizen because i think all of us can can agree that when people come here legally and you're contributing like you want to do and be a positive influence that's a good thing you know And, and so you know, America is the land of opportunity and I'm glad you're here. You know, what I can say is if you're in the area, I'd love to have you, you know, help me out. Go to my website and uh, sign up to volunteer and we'll be in touch. You know, I'll probably be in touch with you. But, um, you know, I'd say Joining groups like this and talking to people, that's a good start. And then sharing your story with other people, and maybe even explaining to politicians that want open borders why, you know, why should you have had to come through the process and then they're letting everybody else skirt around it, right? You did it the right way. You waited your turn. And it's not fair to you that they're just letting everybody run across and and not have, you know, that's not fair. So I think, you know, that's a way you can get involved.
2: Absolutely right. Well, we got to take one more break here, but when we come back, We'll talk about some kidneys and elbows here and uh, McCarthy's big problem that he just created on his own. I'm Rob Manis. We'll be right back.
4: We interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled it won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023.
0: To us, what happened with you and Kevin McCarthy?
5: Well, I was doing an interview um, with um, Claudia from NPR, a, a lovely lady, and when she was asking me a question, and and at that time I uh, got elbowed in the back, and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys, and I turned back, and there was there was Kevin, and um, and I, I for a minute I was kind of what the heck just happened, and then I. Um, You know, I I chased after him, of course, he's a, as I've stated many times, he's a, he's a bully with $17 million in a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that when you're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. And he just, you know, he, he, uh, from behind that kind of stuff. It, you know, that's not the way we handle things in East Tennessee. We, we if we have a problem with somebody, I'm gonna look him in the eye and, and talk to him. Okay, so he walked down the hallway, hit you in his elbow al- with his elbow. Yeah, you, hey, you then- can you can go on Claudia's Twitter account. It, it, it pretty much um, her X account. It, right. it, it, it's, it's very
0: accurate. Well, okay, so then just explain. So you chased him. What do you mean you chased?
5: Well, him? I just ran after him. I was like, what the heck? You know, why'd you do that? You know, because it was uh, like I said, it, if you have ever been hitting the kidneys, it's a little little different. You don't have to hit very hard to. C- Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show. It was
2: Representative Burchett from uh, Tennessee talking about the uh, elbow to the kidneys he got from Kevin McCarthy just yesterday. Uh, and we're talking with McCarthy's uh, primary opponent, David, G- G- uh, excuse me, David Gillio. Uh, David, welcome back to the show. Uh, just before we went live, though, I saw reporting that said somebody had filed an ethics complaint against Mr. McCarthy. Yeah. It wasn't Mr. Burchett, it was another congressman that saw it. And by the way, the, Claudia at NPR, if you go to her X feed, I read it uh, after I saw the initial hit yesterday. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, and uh, it's very <laughs> accurate. And, and for somebody from NPR to be taken care of and taken up for a Republican congressman, That tells you there's got to be a lot of truth to that. Uh, What are you thinking about this? I mean, it just compounds this guy's problem.
1: Well, the elbow hurt around the world. And I do want to point out that Kevin seems to have fallen so far that on that CNN graphic, I don't know if anyone caught it, they didn't even get his first name right. They put Mike McCarthy. So Kevin's fallen so far that the media's forgotten his first name. But uh, what Rep Burchett said is exactly right. Kevin is a bully. I mean, Kevin... I I haven't met Kevin, you know, he never even wanted to give me the time of day to talk to me last time, despite the fact that we gave him a lot of our data and and were endorsed by over 150 people in the Valley, leaders, Uh, he wouldn't even talk to me, but I know that his his staff runs it just like him. They're bullies. They, uh, you know, I've committed the most cardinal sin in in California politics, speaking out against Kevin McCarthy and speaking out against Jessica Patterson. You know, I am on, uh, let's say, the no-fly list, uh, to put it nicely. And so Kevin has spent his whole life wanting that gavel. And the fact that it was taken away from him uh, in record time by his own party is crushing to him. You know, this is a guy who, if you talk to some people, they they thought he had a chance to be president. I mean, that he was going to try and run one day. So Kevin, but he doesn't actually believe anything. He's a guy who cares about himself. And he was willing to say and do whatever he wanted to get the gavel. And he, he is angry that people held him accountable for breaking his promises. Uh, quite frankly, I think the va- motion of vacate should happen long before then because he was skating on the nice with the debt ceiling where he broke his promises. So, you know, the behavior just goes to show you who Kevin McCarthy is. He's he's an entitled person. He He's not a nice guy um, and he's angry. He's just an angry guy. And when people stand up against him, bullies lash out. And And so you're going to see the real Kevin McCarthy here. in in the coming months and in the time when, you know, when we retire him or whatever he wants to do, you're gonna see who the real Kevin McCarthy is. And it's not gonna be a pretty picture. I mean, look at what Paul Ryan became after he left, a bitter person. I mean, these are guys who who feel that everybody should listen to them. And when their star dims, they quite frankly, they start lashing out at everybody, but they never self-reflect. They never look in the mirror and say, well, what did I do wrong? You know, Kevin's doubled and tripled down on his behavior. He doesn't think he did anything wrong. He doesn't think he lied to people. Well, you know what, Kevin? You'll have a lot of time in Frank Lentz's basement to think about that and to properly mourn soon.
2: Absolutely right. Well, we've got a lot of hands up in the live audience folks from California that want to ask you questions, my friend. So let's go over there and uh, pick the next question real quick as we come to the end of the show here. Go ahead, Kat.
1: Go ahead, Jackie.
5: Yeah, I'm not actually from North Carolina. I'm from the East Coast. Uh, but I, I I wanted to ask you, uh, how is how are you going to solve the problem of your water concern with California? I know Lake Tahoe was down and it's filling back up now. But is, is there another way that you can help the farmers out there with their production
1: to produce most of the the fruits and vegetables for the United States or Yeah, well, th- that's a great question. And, and today, I, I think I said this earlier. I'm not, I can't remember. It's been a few interviews, but I am the only candidate who, uh, despite not coming from an ag background, has a plan on his website. If you go to davidagiglio.com slash water, you can see my plan. And quite frankly, this issue's been neglected so long. It's gonna take the involvement of the federal government to really stop it, but it's also gonna take working together with the other Western states. Uh, This goes all the way, so my plan details, we need a convention of the states authorized by Congress like they did back in the 1920s and 1930s uh, when Hoover was Secretary of Commerce, Herbert Hoover. Uh, He was very passionate about taming the Colorado River and they created what was the Colorado River Commission. And they basically at the time solved the West water issues, but those were done years past and it was based on inaccurate allotments of water and inaccurate flow data on the Colorado River. So we need to go back, renegotiate those pacts. We also need to do things like fund desalination plants on the coast so that coastal areas of California can get that water. It works in places like Israel. It works all over the world. There's actually places in California, and Carlsbad, I believe, they have a desalination plant, and it's helped them shield from the water catastrophe that's been going on. We also need to raise, you know, when President Trump was president, he made this actually a really important piece. He really wanted to do this. This was part of his infrastructure plan. He was really close to raising Shasta Dam. He wanted to build new reservoirs and new dams. So we have a governor right now that clearly, he hasn't made agriculture a top priority. The Democrats want to hide behind... Um, you know, environmentalism and all this kind of stuff to stop it. But at a, we have to put pressure on a federal level. And one of my biggest plans is, you know, I was, a, I'm a former East Coaster. Before I moved out the Central Valley, I did not, I was not aware 70% of the fruits and vegetables come from this part of California. There's a lot of people around the country that don't know that. So my job is to use my office as a bully pulpit. In my opinion, Every representative from California, specifically the Republican ones from the Valley, should be talking about this every time they get national air. And quite frankly, none of them do. Not many of them do. And so we, if you get the American people behind this movement and when President Trump wins again, it is an issue he's still passionate about. He was out in California a few months ago for a fundraiser, and he was talking about the water issue and how he lamented that he wasn't able to finish the job. And so we're gonna when he's in there and I'm in there, I'm going to go to him and say, let's finish the job together.
2: That's a great great answer. Great question, Jackie. Uh, let's take another one uh, before we close here. Uh, Kat, uh, who's next? Uh,
0: let's go Thomas. Hey, thank you, Kat. So, David,
4: I used to be in the military. I know what it is like to be um, working with a huge number of uh, veterans in the United States. What programs um, are you working on specifically that are gonna benefit the citizens of the state of uh, California who are a huge um, populace, the veteran community?
1: Well, I think it's one of the most unfortunate and shameful things that that we have so many homeless veterans in this country and that veterans are struggling for things like healthcare and stuff. So one of the things I like to do, I wanna let you guys shop around for your healthcare. I don't wanna make you forced to just go to uh, VA hospitals and stuff. But I also, when I talk about America first, I'm all for cutting spending on a national level, uh, but my cuts, I wanna cut foreign aid. I wanna cut wasteful spending that doesn't benefit the American people. I believe in spending wisely, not lavishly. And spending on veteran programs, I would love to give the VA added funding, update facilities, Give them money to hire more doctors, get the updated equipment, the best technology so that when veterans go there, they have the resources, they feel that they're getting the best care. And also one of the best things President Trump did was, you know, we you know, when you work for the VA, you're a federal employee was Get rid of some of the employees that aren't pulling their weight and aren't doing a proper job. That was a big thing that President Trump tried to do, not just in the VA, but in the government altogether. Get rid of employees who are just not living up to the standard. Make it so you can get rid of them. We have to do that. I mean, if you, quite frankly, if you're not doing your job, you shouldn't be doing your job. You shouldn't be getting paid tax dollars for it. Uh, we have a president that doesn't do his job. He shouldn't be getting paid either. But yeah, so I want veterans to be able to shop around for the health care. I want to give you access to the best and brightest physicians, doctors, give the resources these hospitals need to be able to hire those people, entice them to work there, update the facilities with the best plans, the best technology. And even President Trump was reducing the price of prescription drugs, right? That was a big thing of his. Um, you know, and that's why the pharmaceutical companies, quite frankly, hated him so much, because he wasn't interested in their money. He said, I don't need your money. To get. I didn't need your money to get elected president. I don't need your money to line my own portfolio. I wanted the American people to be able to get affordable drugs. So he was really passionate about that. We need to do those reforms. And our veterans, quite frankly, should have the resources they need. And mental health, another thing, resources for, for mental health, not just for veterans, but for everyone around the country. It's something we have to focus on, I think now more than ever. Um, so I hope that answers your question. And yeah, veterans are one of my top priority. You guys, we, our country owes you a debt we can never fully repay. Uh, we just need to be able to show you that we care. It's it's terrible the way you know that our veterans have fallen by the wayside while we're you know we're giving all this support to people who are who are just walking across the border.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that answer. You know, I, I was at a uh, veterans' nursing home here in Mississippi uh, speaking uh, last week for a Veterans Day event, and uh, you know, folks are lamenting that uh, uh, that it's unfortunate that organizations that are made up of veterans have to be created by veterans in order to make the VA do what yeah. it's supposed to do. Uh, and, yeah, you, know, you have
1: to beg politicians. You yeah, ha- you have to get a large group of you together just to beg politicians to listen to you. Let alone get something done, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, it's a, it's a disgrace. And I think that was you know President Trump really really tried yeah. to improve that.
2: Well, David, uh, thanks for joining me today. Give folks where they can go donate to you and you're on your website and everything before we uh, end yeah, the program. Here. you got the last 20 seconds.
1: It's, uh, www.davidagiglio.com donate volunteer do anything you can spread the word thanks for having me and i'm sure we'll talk again soon
2: i'm sure we will good luck and stay in the fight folks stay in the fight go help him out uh we need to fire kevin mccarthy from the u.s congress too uh and tomorrow is truth thursday two guests first one is russ vote uh the head of the center for renewing america President Trump's last OMB director. He's got some great things to say, especially about this continuing resolution fight that's ongoing now and what we need to be thinking about as the base. And J.R. Majewski in Ohio 9 is running again. He's a great veteran candidate, and I look forward to talking with him. Until then, Tucker's still (laughs) laughing.